Hey everyone, uh, I have a couple things to talk about today, and the first thing I wanted to talk about was, well, it's kind of hard to talk about just because people look at it and they're like, oh, it's because your team's doing bad, or like the player that you're, you know, the players that you root for aren't on great teams, so that's why you're going to say this, but it has nothing to do with that, and I think, if you really think about it, it makes a lot of sense, which is that... Are you really are you really having fun watching this NBA season? And what I mean by that is you look at every single well, I think it's probably been like a month now, maybe maybe less than a month, but probably around a month where every game that you want to watch, it's like four or five guys just out. They're just out like and it's with every single team. So I'm just not sure I'm having fun watching this, you know, G League type NBA basketball. It's just not that fun to me. You know, I, I wanted to watch the Hornets the other day, a couple, like a couple of days ago. And I can't even recognize some of the players on there. I'm trying to watch like the Nets and it's like, who the fuck are these guys? I watched the the Lakers Bulls a couple of days ago and. There, there was some guy like Charlie Brown or something. Like I think his name was something like Charlie Brown or some shit. Like he's just in the game. I'm like, who the fuck is that? Who is that? Like I don't, I don't know. And it's, I'm just not really having that much fun. I understand. Like, I'm, I'm just shocked at how, I, I, I need to know what the Phoenix Suns are doing, because they're one of the only teams that where it's like, no one's getting this. Like how, how well are they? Are there just no clubs in Phoenix? Like, what's what's going on? Like, these guys are just, like, super careful, which is great. Like, if they're super careful, that's fucking awesome. But they're not, like, it hasn't happened with them at all. Well, I guess it did happen with them in the playoffs with Chris Paul, but, like, for the whole season, like, nothing's happened with them, really. The Warriors, I think Wiggins just got it, or he's in protocol anyways. I'm pretty sure he's vaccinated, so that's good. Um... Uh, who else? The Jazz. I don't think any, anyone on the Jazz has had it. But, like, every other team, it's, like, a couple guys out. Like, a couple key guys, too. So, I don't know. I'm, it's just something... It's just something that league has to do with in terms of stricter restrictions. It can't be the same things as it was last year where, you know, you can't go this place, you can't go that. But I guess with testing, they have to do more and, uh, like, rapidly. Because just from what I read, it was that this year, if you were vaccinated, you really weren't getting tested that often because you were vaccinated. So maybe it's that. I don't know. The good thing is that when you read about it, it's most of the people that are asymptomatic. So, you know, they're not having effects. And sometimes it is a false positive. Like with the Lakers guys, it was a bunch of false positive. Um, But it's just strange. Like, you know, I don't want to watch these weird lineups where... You don't know who the fuck's out there. And that's why, like, people talk about, like, the parody. That that has a lot to do with the parody because you don't know, like, these teams aren't whole. They're playing a bunch of G League guys. So it makes sense why there's so much parody all around the league. And by parody, it's really just a bunch of teams that are just okay. And I'm, I'm just not having a lot of fun watching that. Um, so that was just my first thing. Um, after that, what I want to talk about was Kyrie coming back.
kind of. He came back, but he's not really back. And you know, it got announced, and the he it got announced that he's coming back as a part-time player because I guess he's not vaccinated, so he can only play in certain arenas. Um, and then the next day after that, it was like, oh, he's actually entered health and safety protocols, which is like the if you if there was like a betting line on it, I would have bet that I would have bet my entire life savings on that on my eleven dollars because this Omicron shit is like for real. If you look at the like, I'm in Ontario, and the numbers are what they were like peak. Well, not peak COVID, but like almost peak COVID because it's like two thousand cases a day, and in Toronto, like like the restrictions are back in Quebec. They're getting fucked. So I think they're like fully locked down. And in America, like it's the, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's the highest variant that's being caught by people now. So it's not fucking out. It's racking up the numbers. And, you know, of course he was going to catch it. Like you go out, you're not vaccinated. And presumably like he's got a bunch of people around him. That's just what like the NBA life is. So of course he was going to get it. It was funny just, you know, we're, the Nets the Nets whole position was, you know, we're running out of players. We got to bring Kyrie back. You got you're running out of players because of COVID. So you're going to bring back the guy that is unvaccinated. Like how does that make sense? But that's what they decided on. And I think it's it really puts them in a bad position. It's not I guess not a bad position because in a little bit no one really gives a fuck. But it's not a good look for them to be so I don't know what the right word is to be so admin about, you know, we're not going to have this part-time player. That's ridiculous. And then when you're the number one seed in the East, you bring this guy back because of you guys losing a couple players. It just, it just seems strange. Like if there were 16 and 15 and KD was missing a bunch of games, Harden was missing a bunch of games. Okay. I get it then, but you're like literally the number one seed in the East. Um, so that, that was strange. If I was thinking about it, just if you're a team facing the Nets, you could probably plan this out like in advance where let's just make it, let's just try getting like the, like our government involved a little bit where it's, Hey, you know what? Indoor, there has to be restrictions. You have to show a vaccine card. Maybe that's just something, you know, out of the box, you know, just to think about, because in Tro- in Toronto, I'm pretty sure they said you have to show the vaccination card, right? Like in, um, to if you want to play, at, I forgot what the arena's called now. I think they changed the name. I can't remember. Um, Air, I know, I know it was the Air Canada Center, but I think they might have changed it now. I I can't remember. Scotia Bank Arena. I don't. Whatever. Who cares? Um. So if you know, if I'm LA, well, I guess LA wouldn't have to worry about that. Because they're not making the finals. Um, the Bucks, though, I would try that. Chicago, I would try that. Uh, Cleveland, you know, they're on a roll. I would try that. 76ers, Philadelphia, I would try that. Miami, I would try that. Um, so, yeah, that's just that's just what I think about that. But the other thing with just sticking with the Nets is, you know, they're the number one seed. But they're only that because... They keep playing Kevin Durant like 45 minutes a game. It's getting fucking ridiculous. It's getting crazy. Like I kind of understood like playing him 40 minutes 
on a night where the next night you have a day off or two days off. I get it then because like, well, he typically plays 35 minutes. What's really five more minutes, especially we have two more, like two days off after this. I get that. But now it's like this. He's just playing like 42, 43, 44 minutes nightly. So my my thing with that is I imagine Katie doesn't want to. Katie's not going to be playing as long as everyone thinks, even though he's still probably going to be good at the end of his contract. I feel like this is probably his last contract and he's done. That's I, I feel like he said that too, where he's like, you know, my basketball, you know, life, it's not going to be as, that long. So, you know, I want to I want to play as much as I can. But at the same time, if in the playoffs he's running out of gas, I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear about him running out of gas at all. If this is how they want to play it, if this is how KD wants to play it, if this is how Steve Nash wants to play it, I don't want to hear anything about it. Because right now they could still be like the number one seed even if they lost a couple games where you didn't play him 44 minutes. You still would have been the number one seed. But no, you have to play this guy 44 minutes to win these meaningless regular season games. All right, good job. Um, all right, the next thing I wanted to talk about was Steph because he broke the record. And there's a couple things I wanted to talk about with the record. Firstly is, so Steph is very clearly the greatest three-point shooter of all time. But I don't think he breaks that record if when Ray Allen came into the league, he was taking 10 threes a game. Like, there's no way he breaks the record. Because if you look at Ray Allen's attempts per game, his first four years in the league, he was taking like four and a half threes a game. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy. He's taking four and a half attempts a game. This year, Steph is taking like 13 attempts a game. You know what I mean? Like he's taking like 13 attempts a game. Last couple of years, he's averaged like 11 and a half. So like that's the difference there. And if you look at Ray Allen's career, I think it's under six attempts a game. So if Ray Allen started from the like 98 or something, I think it was, to 2014, I think that's when he retired. Yeah, 2014 is when he retired. If he was taking like six, seven, eight, nine, ten threes a game, this record would be at like 4,000. So it would, it would take Steph a couple more years to break it if he, even got, if he even got there. Because the thing with Steph is he missed a lot of time early. Not a lot, actually. It was probably like one season or so. And then just a couple like, you know, here and there injuries. But he missed that season. He missed 2019. I think it was 2019. 2019-2020, that season. And then he, over the course of his career, he's missed like a handful of games. Not every season, but like every other season, he misses a handful of games. So he wouldn't have gotten to that record until probably like another three more seasons from now if Ray Allen was also taking that many threes. Not, not, like, not that Steph isn't like as good of a shooter as Ray, but he's obviously better. He's a better three-point shooter than Ray. Um, I would still take Ray for like a last shot, but that's that's very subjective. That's just something like sports fans have this where logic goes out of the way where it's, I just trust this guy. Even like the numbers are like, fuck it, you're wrong. But I just it's just something that every sports fan has where I just trust this guy more than whatever the numbers are telling me. And I trust Ray to make a last-second shot 
from three over Steph. And I don't think that's like a controversial take or anything. Um, what else? And the other rec- and the other thing is we get we get to this debate about <clears throat> is Steph the greatest shooter of all time? And to some people it's not even a fucking debate. Like it's no like no debate. It's Steph it's very clearly Steph. And to me, he's very clearly the greatest three point shooter of all time. There's no doubt about that. But he's very clearly not the greatest mid range shooter of all time. His numbers don't stack up to any of like the elite elite three I mean mid range shooters. Like he's you wouldn't trust him in a mid range shooting contest over Kevin Durant. Chris Paul's making like fifty five percent of his fucking mid range jumpers. Steph hasn't come close to that in vol especially in volume. Like there's some seasons where he's shot very well from mid range, but it's little wall it's little volume. And, it, and like one season where he shot it really well and people try to use that. But he barely played any fucking game, so I don't think that counts. Uh, but Chris Paul, he shoots like 50% from mid-range yearly. And his attempts are crazy. KD, same thing. Um, and then you just... So he's not the greatest mid-range shooter of all time. And then also, how do you, how do you judge his shooting? Him, him shooting from three to Dirk, you know, in the post, hitting fadeaways over like... Kevin Garnett's outstretched arm. Like, how do you even compare shots like that? You can't. So I just... So he's... I think you have to define it as... He's clearly the greatest three-point shooter of all time. I don't know if he... I don't know if you can claim you're the greatest shooter of all time if you can't claim it, like, everywhere. Like, how are you the greatest three-point shooter of all time if you can't, if you're not the greatest mid-range shooter of all time as well, if you're not the greatest like fadeaway shooter of all time as well, that's just what I mean. Like he's the greatest three-point shooter of all time for sure. It would kind of be like someone being someone saying they're the greatest uh, beach volleyball player of all time, but they're only good at a certain beach. No, you have to be you have to be the best at every beach. You know, you can't be the greatest golf player of all time if you're only good at. If you're the best at just one of the golf courses, you have to be the best at every single one. That's just, I guess, how I think about it. All right, the next thing I wanted to talk about was Luca, because I'm okay. So, firstly, I'm a huge Luca fan. I love Luca. I think he's one of the top seven, eight players in the league. Let me just actually let me do this top of my head. Uh, KD, Giannis, Steph, Kawhi, LeBron. So that's five. He's not better than Jokic. I would rather have Embiid over him. So he's the top eight player in the league. Uh, I think he's definitely better than Harden now. Harden just doesn't look right. And he's better than Dame now. Dame doesn't look right either. He's better than Anthony Davis. And I, I'll talk about Anthony Davis a little bit later because he did get injured. So I did want to talk about him a little bit later. But the thing with Luka is as soon as he made the leap in his second year, it was like, yo, this guy has the potential to be a top. 10 player all time. Look at him now. You know, just look at him in a couple of years. He's going to be shooting 40% from three. Why did, what, like, why? What gives you the indication that he's going to be shooting 40% from three? What, what makes him a top 10 player of all time? Like, if you look at his play style and you think of the comp for him, he's Harden. And Harden doesn't come close to being a top 20 player all time. I don't think he comes close to that. 
I don't think he comes close to being a top 25 player all time. And Harden's fucking amazing. He might be close to 25 all time. I might I might have to do... Actually, you know what? I, I, I would say I would bet on him not being a top 25 player all time if I really ranked him. So what makes Luka better than that? Like, I've heard it so many times where Luka... You know, he's got the potential to be a top 10, 15 player all time. Have you seen the top 10? He does not have that type of potential because if he if Luka was doing the things that he's doing and then he also had like this athletic gear then i would understand it but he doesn't have that athletic gear he just has the skill set that he has and he can of course improve um improve on it and get better as a shooter you know get more athletic i guess if he takes better care of himself he can be better i just don't see where i th- i just thought we had to you know temper down a little bit Uh, He can be a top 10, 15 player all time. Because I just don't see that at all. I don't see many ways for Luka to get that much better. Because I can't just be like, oh, he's going to be a 40% three-point shooter. No, I'm not giving any fucking one 40% from three. Like, that's just fucking crazy to me. That's just crazy to me. Oh, just watching a couple years, he's going to be shooting 40% on 10 attempts a game. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not giving that to anyone. I think he can be better. I think he, I think he's better than Harden because... In the playoffs, he's just shown me a lot more. He's already shown me a lot more than Harden. So if you look at his first two, first three years, his true shooting hasn't been elite. He's been good. But the thing with him, the good thing, I suppose, with him is it, it stays the same as it is in the regular season. And in the playoffs, it's the exact same as well, which is, which is good. That means his game doesn't change. He can still be as dominant as he is. Uh, in the playoffs as he is in the regular season, which is great. Because usually, even star players, their true shooting, their numbers go down because playoffs, you're playing harder opponents and whatnot. But his typically stays the same. With Harden, like, they've typically always gone, they've typically always gone down. So that's why I think he will, I think he's better than Harden, but not much better. Like, it's, it's a similar play style. He's going to have a longer career than Harden, which is, I guess, I guess it will help him in like the all-time rankings because he'll have you know a couple more All NBAs and whatever. But maybe he he might have a longer career. He like takes horrendous care of himself. Um, but I just don't know how much like how good he can really be. Not as in like a un like he's got an unlimited ceiling or whatever. But I think he's actually got a limited ceiling because he's not that athletic and. I just can't give someone 40% from three. Like, he's shown he's shown nothing that tells me he can be a good three-point shooter or a good free-throw shooter. He's become a good mid-range shooter for sure. And he's got really good touch in the paint. But he doesn't get to the rim as much as he used to. And that has to do with weight and athleticism. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's all I have to say about Luka. Uh, the, the other news that we got was the Lakers... Announcing that Anthony Davis will probably be out four weeks, and if you look at their schedule, it's not that tough. Like they have the Suns tomorrow night, which they probably might lose by like seventy eight points. Um, but if you look at the rest of their schedule for the next four or five weeks, like there's a lot of winnable games, and there's a, like like they keep losing to the Wolves, but they have the Wolves again, which is a winnable game. The Spurs, Sacramento. So Spurs, I, I think I already, I already mentioned Spurs. Why am I saying that again? So there, Denver, 
you know, Denver's a winnable game. So they have a lot of games that they can win in that stretch. Um, but I want to talk about Anthony Davis just for a little bit. Because the stat key is being pulled out where he's like the worst jump shooter. He's the worst. He's a really bad three-point shooter right now, but he's not taking that many as well. I, he's probably lost confidence in that. But what he's really bad at is the short mid-range jumper. Like the 12 to 13 feet one, where he's shooting like 35%. And he takes like 15% of his shots from there. But the shot that he takes just as much is the long two. And he's making that at like 45%, which is like 4 or 5% above league average. And he takes just as many attempts from there as like the short mid-range jumper. So like the demise of his, you know, uh, jump shooting, a little exaggerated. Um... On top of that, he's been excellent inside the paint. The strong finisher, still good from floater range, and I just thought the criticism of him was getting a little out of hand. Like I just don't like it's the same thing with uh, Devin Booker, where where he got upset with the news reporter. Where he, the news reporter was like, "Hey, you know, Devin, you're so much better now, right? Like you're so much better than where you were last year." And Devin was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? I'm the exact same player. You're only saying this." Because we're winning now and you weren't watching what the fuck I was doing last year. My numbers are actually worse. But now that we're winning, I'm so much better. No, no. That's not that's not the case at all. So with Anthony Davis, he's taking the exact same shots that he always does. But since he's just missing them a little bit more, it's like, oh, you know, he wants to be KD now. Oh, he thinks he's a point guard now. He's got to get back to what made him good. He's doing the exact same fucking things that he always did. He's just missing some of the shots. But he's still dominant inside the paint. And he's still he's still all the things that he normally is. I, I think defensively he's been a little bit off. But I think that mostly has to do with the weight. He's still getting used to it. And now he's injured, so obviously that, that hurts. Um, so yeah, I just, wanted to, I, I just think the criticism of Anthony Davis was a little overboard. Um, what else did I want to talk about? See, this is a tough thing with COVID just breaking everything down. With all these teams being so mad, it's hard to talk about anything because no one's separating themselves. And we're not getting to see these teams be full. But just a couple things from the Lakers-Bulls game. Um, One, I never want to watch DeAndre Jordan play another minute of NBA basketball. I just can't do it. If he's on, I am turning the fucking game off. I will turn it off. I just can't stand it anymore. It's it's hor- it's horrendous. Play LeBron at center 48 minutes. You know, wait till Dwight gets back. You know, then start playing him 48 minutes. I don't give a fuck. I can't watch him anymore. He's just so bad. He's one of the worst. He He's the worst big I've seen get consistent minutes. He really is. Uh, that was one thought. Uh, Isaiah Thomas. He lo- he doesn't. He's obviously not a starter level good. He's been starting for the Lakers a little bit, which just shows you how horrendous this COVID uh, breakdown has been for the league. That Isaiah Thomas is starting and playing real minutes. But he clearly looks like he's an NBA player, like a good 8th, ninth man for a team. Um, other thoughts. Billy Donovan, he chews gum with his mouth open, which I think is absolutely disgusting. And, you know, he, sh- he should be forced to wear a mask at all times. Um, what else? I didn't really believe in the, you know, Russ could get traded this year rumors because for a couple for a couple reasons. LeBron, Russ, Anthony Davis, 
no center on the court. They've been a really good fucking team. Like, they, they've really killed teams with that lineup, with that formation of lineups, where it's, you know, Russ, LeBron, Anthony Davis, no center. That's That's been really good. So that's something you can hang your head on and think, hey, you know what, if we get better pieces around these three guys, uh, if Trevor Ariza can be something. And by the way, Trevor Ariza, Trevor Ariza, he's obviously not a stopper anymore. His lateral quickness looked a little shaky. But he just knows where to be. Like he like there was a couple there was a couple possessions where, you know, he almost got the charge. Where he was just in the way and he's he's so much and he and he knocked down like open threes. Like that's all you need from a guy like him. So if you're like, hey, you know what, we got Russ, LeBron, A D, we got Ariza who who just knows where to be, he can knock down an open three. I'm not a rapper. Um and then we just we just find one more guy, like a, a good solid player. You know, we get one stopper in there, one good, like, elite 3 and D player. We'll trade whatever for it. We got something. And, you know, you can, ha- you can uh, you know, hang your head on that. You know, Russ, 3 and D guy, Ariza, LeBron, AD. We're already killing teams with Russ, LeBron, AD. We had better pieces around those three, and we can really be special. So that's one thing. Um... The other thing was just, I thought it was just too much talent. You just can't give up on it. And the other thing was just, what are you going to get back? Like, my the trade that I thought at the beginning of the year was uh, Russ for Rubio and Kevin Love. But Cleveland playing so fucking well, they're obviously not going to do that trade. Um, after that, like, John Wall, no, I'm not trading Russell Westbrook with John Wall. John Wall hasn't fucking played a basketball game. There's no way you can do that trade. And other trades, like, there's some trades that I think make a lot of sense. Like, if I'm um, the 76ers, I would definitely trade Russ for, like, Ben Simmons, no way. But I would trade Tobias Harris for Russ. And then I would figure out a Ben Simmons and Tyrese trade. Uh, like, I would put those two together and get, like, a real superstar. Like, I think, I think if you put Ben and Tyrese on the market, you can, I think you can get, you can get Jalen Brown. You put Ben, Tyrese, one or two picks. You can get Jalen Brown. Now you got Russ, Seth, Jalen, and B. Like, that's that's a really good fucking team right there. After that, it's like, it's really hard thinking of the trades. I'll come up with some trades because people are available now, so you can trade a lot more players. Uh, so I'll, I'll try coming up with more trades like that, or just for teams around the league, like for Indiana, of course. Sacramento, um, whatever, like other other teams. But after that Lakers Bulls game, I maybe it's just reactionary, but there was one play where it happened, and I thought I saw LeBron just lose like a piece of his soul because LeBron was posting up. I think it was Javante Green. Russ had Vucevic on him, and LeBron was like calling for the ball, and Russ took a spinning, fading floater over Vooch, which had, like, no chance of going in. But, like, And people have mentioned, like, I said that before to, like, you know, other people, and they mentioned, like, oh, you know, the possession right before, Russ took it at Nick, uh, Vucevic and had a layup. And the difference between that play and what Russ did, like, with the spinning layup is when he scored, he went towards the rim and he got a layup. With this play, he's Span away 
spun away, yeah, spun away from the rim and took like a fading floater. Like it was still near the basket. That's not the same thing as a layup at the basket. This is him going away from the basket. So that was the difference. He's got he's got horrendous touch. Like there was no way it was gonna go in. And you could see LeBron being like, yo, what the fuck? I really can't control this guy. So that's that's just what I think. I th- I think there's no I don't think he gets traded, but that, that did make me go, damn, he might get traded. He could get traded. I wouldn't be shocked if he got traded. Um So yeah, I think um that was it for basketball. Uh just a little bit on succession. I just finished season one and I fin- I finished season one like two days. Like it's it's an incredible show. I watched the first episode and was like, This is it. This is as good this is how I felt about when I first saw Breaking Bad. When I first saw The Sopranos, this is just this is how I feel about it. It's a great fucking show. I think the acting is incredible, just incredible. Uh, the casting is also incredible. I'm a huge fan of their personalities. When the rocket exploded, and Roman just looked away and acted like nothing happened, I think that's one of the funniest scenes I've seen in TV ever. It's up there with that Bridgerton Bridgerton. Thing where he's like, you know, I, I regard you so highly that I cannot marry you. It's it's up there with that. Um, so yeah, I think Succession is really good. If you need a show to watch, that's that's the one I would recommend right now. And uh, I just don't have anything to talk about. Like this COVID shit's really fucking everything up because teams can't separate. You know, teams aren't whole. Like there's nothing to really talk about. So, anyways, thank you for listening, everyone. Back to 
little sofa girl I got this feeling every Every now and then Gotta get ready Bring the new year in Merry Christmas And a happy new year All good cheer There's one more thing You've been so nice to me Down through the years And I'll always remember you Well, I'll never forget You bought my records Come to see my show That's why James Brown Love you so You come to see my show That's a debt That I'll always owe Come to see my show See you Christmas Come to see my show